77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. James Golden here with you. If you'd like to be part of today's program, simply dial on your telephone, of course. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And we will have with us very shortly Senator Rick Scott. He's a senator from Florida, but he's been in the news lately. And uh, we've discussed him quite a bit on this program because he has put forth an 11-point agenda that seems to have drawn the wrath of Senate Majority Leader, uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, affectionately called by Rush the Turtle. And um, our own domestic policy advisor, the lovely and gracious, most wonderful Her Highness Diana Mee, Princess of Policy, has suggested that perhaps all is not as we see that Rick Scott and, and uh, the Turtle are working together which I don't know whether I'm going to ask him about that or not, but we, we're going to try to get to the bottom of the 11-point proposal that Rick Scott, Senator Rick Scott, has, because I think some of it is really worthwhile. And, of course, when the liberals heard what was in it, they called it, uh, one of the things I read was bat-ass crazy, which, you know. <laughs> there is uh, Disney news out there today. You Star Wars fans will be glad to know that today the latest trailer of the new movie Obi-Wan Kenobi dropped, and the trailer is, wow, it's one of those wowser. This is a really good trailer. If the movie is as good as this trailer, it's not going to be one of those Jar Jar experiences where you leave saying, what just happened to my favorite story? Um, But it looks pretty interesting, and... Of course, today Disney is in the news for other things to Disney Corporation. Yesterday, we discussed how Disney was taking heat from leftists and from some of their own employees because they refused to to uh, just come out and condemn the new law in Florida, which is called by liberals the Don't Say Gay Bill, and it's nothing of the sort. It's a bill that basically says all children are very young in school, kindergarten through third grade. The sexual orientation questions or sexual questions they have, refer those to the parents. You don't discuss that in school. Stick to the basics. Well, Disney has caved. Uh, One of the first stories I, I saw this morning was American Wire News with the with the story that Disney has caved. Actually, it was BizPack Review. Disney CEO Caves signed statement opposing Florida's quote-unquote don't-say-gay legislation will meet with DeSantis. He caved uh, on, on the Florida's Parental Rights in Education Bill, and that's what it is. Parental rights in education. The parents have the right to talk about sexuality with their young children, not teachers in school. The bill is meant to keep teacher-led discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity out of kindergarten through third-grade classrooms. 
It shields young children from inappropriate issues that they aren't old enough or mature enough to understand. Well, the the head of Disney, Chappick, says he's called Governor DeSantis to voice his company's disappointment and concern concerning the bill. He says if the bill does indeed become law, it could be used to unfairly target gay, lesbian, non-binary, non-binary, and transgender kids and families. He said the governor heard our concerns, agreed to meet with him, and LGBTQ plus members of our senior team in Florida to discuss ways to address them. Address them what? Sign the law. And he said that he, Disney had hoped that their long-standing relationship with those lawmakers would enable us to achieve a better outcome. Than this, they were un, unsuccessful. There is a vitriolic. I have rarely seen the kind of vitriol in print that you will find today in the San Francisco Gate. One of their columnists. A guy by the name of Drew Magary, I believe that's how you pronounce, or McGarry, has written a column, Florida, Texas, and other red states are signing their own death warrants. He, he starts off by saying civil wars are inefficient, cost an inordinate amount of blood. So he supposes he ought to thank the red states all across the nation for foregoing the war part of such a conflict and proceeding as if they've already prevailed, succeeding from the Union strictly via legislative means that are peaceful in their passage and violent, he says, in their execution. Take Florida, which just this week passed the instantly notorious Don't Say Gay Bill, that's not the name of it, Governor and perfect gentleman, Ron DeSantis is expected to sign the bill in time to have it go to an effect over the summer. Once it does, blah, 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 no third grade and below with spontaneous discussion allowed, we'll be able to blah, 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 blah. Now, Republican lawmakers in Florida have sold this bill with a brand of softer, gentle fascism. Glenn Youngkin fascism. And then they he goes through more of his stuff. He says in Texas and elsewhere, Republicans have gleefully proposed and or enacted their own we hate you because we love you bills that consecrate their antagonism toward gay people, transgender people, women, and black people, sanctified as hard policy. And this is where it gets really evil. Because if you're like, well, if you don't like that law, then just leave Idaho. And he goes on to say that residents can't leave these states. They're just being these red states, the poor residents there that want to leave. Later on in this hateful piece, he says, what reasonable parent is going to want to live in Ron DeSantis' Florida much longer? Why the F would anyone even bother with that 
asshole when they can take their lives and their businesses elsewhere. In the short term, these experience the rapture of seeing their own people repressed and terrorized. That is just such a weird, odd view of life. In the long term, he says, states like Florida, Texas are going to cut off their own oxygen supply. Ukraine might, might not be the only place that has refugees streaming out of it. Certain blue states like Vermont will even incentivize them to pull the trigger. Great. Mm-hmm. But this last p- paragraph in this, in this hateful little piece says everything. He says, this writer, I live in a blue state. I have many gay family members. I have gay friends. I have gay neighbors. I have black neighbors. I have Korean neighbors. I have trans friends. I am friends with trans parents. Wow, trans parents. Interesting. Okay. My kids have gay and non-binary friends. My school teaches that ki- my school teaches kids that slavery was a bad thing. Like, okay, what he's saying here is the red states don't have any of this. People in red states, you people, you people don't have any gay friends. You don't have any gay family members. You don't like black people. You don't like Koreans. You don't have any trans friends or have, or, or you're not friends with trans parents. Your kids don't know any non-binary kids. And your schools down there in places like Florida and Texas, why they teach that slavery was a good thing. This is what the left thinks of us of everybody that doesn't think like them. He says, I live in an ideal place for kids to grow up and for parents to raise those kids. You couldn't effing pay me to live in Florida or Texas right now. Well, guess what? The people in Florida and Texas are glad that you don't want to live there, pal. You stay in your liberal blue city and enjoy it and and walk around the poop in San Francisco. Deal with the crime in San Francisco, the out-of-control crime. The out-of-control homelessness in your lovely little city out there. They don't want you in Florida. They don't want you in, in San Francisco in, to move in San Francisco and bring your liberal values to Texas or Florida or any of the red states. Stay where you are in blue America where they have to give maps out to tourists. And this was real, telling them how to avoid walking in human poop. That's scattered all across the streets there now. You couldn't effing pay me to live in Florida or Texas. Nobody wants you. The irony, he says, thanks to their own rampant discrimination and the great splintering they've set in motion, many of those backwards-ass states, many of those backwards-ass states, Florida now and Texas are backwards-ass states. He says many of those backwards-ass states will probably have to make that offer once they find themselves all alone, dead to the outside world. Well, I got news for you. There are more people moving into Florida and Texas than are moving into San Francisco because the truly backward states are those filled with intolerant leftists who, to them, if you don't think like them, if you dare have any other thoughts, then they do. 
then you are subjected to all this vitriol and noise and nonsense. Well, Mr. McGarry, I am sure the good people of Florida, I'm sure the good people of Texas, I'm sure the good people of every rate state in America are glad you live in blue San Francisco. And they will encourage you. Never. Don't even show up for vacation. Stay there. And enjoy that San Francisco treat that you've created. Where businesses and tourists don't even want to come anymore. Enjoy yourself at home. With all your friends. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. When we get back, hopefully we'll have Senator Scott on the line with us. Stay right where you are. WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, Bo Snerly. We'll be back in a minute. And we are so pleased to have with us Senator Rick Scott, former governor of uh, Florida before uh, Governor DeSantis. And and Rick Scott also heads up the National Senatorial Committee. So uh, let's thank you for joining us, Senator. It's great to be with you. I hope you're doing well. I hope your show's doing unbelievable. It is. Thank you. And, and you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you about before we turn to uh, the agenda, the 11-point agenda, is what do you think is going to happen in 2022? You are the guy that, that these, we're all looking for to see whether we can flip this Senate back to a Republican Senate. What do you think your chances are? I think the chances are very high. Here, here's why. We have great candidates, right? You know, Biden's numbers are horrible. The Democrats are going to be known for inflation and open border. Uh, shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, defunding the police, um, 100,000 people dying a year of drug overdose, a botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. So I think those things, unfortunately, horrible for the country. It's going to say show people there's a reason you don't vote for for a Democrat. This is what this is what you get. You want crime? You want you know no parent, parental involvement in schools? You want open border? You want high inflation? Those are the guys, the Democrats. So I think that's going to help us. We're also raising our money where we've been out raising the democrats in the committee uh i took over the republican senatorial committee a year ago last january 11th and we raised 105 million dollars last year you can go to nrsc.org uh to donate if you want to um and it's you know we're just we're working hard every day so i think we're going to have we're going to have a, a great year we have great candidates running we've got primaries the democrats have primaries but we're going to get good people out of our primaries i think herschel walker is going to win in georgia uh, right now, Adam Laxalt's up in the primary and the general in Nevada. Uh, Mark Kelly is underwater in his fave unfave. We have uh, four good people running in Arizona. Maggie Hassman in New Hampshire is way underwater on people, whether they like there or not. And we've got three good candidates there. So I think we're getting a, we have a really good opportunity to pick up at least four. And we've got some other states we might have an opportunity. Wow. What about the dark money that the Democrats raised? They are just, despite all the complaints about dark money, they seem to outraise the Republican Party with so-called dark money every single cycle. Oh yeah, the Democrats always complain. Oh, it's, it's you know all this. Uh, we have all of these you know these corporations, these PACs, all these all these people, and and and, and they raise millions of dollars. Uh, and on top of that, they got a they've got a website uh, called Act Blue, which helps them raise money, and it's helped people like Mark Kelly raise a lot of money in Arizona and. And Raphael Warnick uh, raised money in Georgia. But here's what I think. I think the American public 
is fed up with the Democrat agenda. Uh, they're fed up with all those issues I talked about. And so they're going to say, I'm, I'm, you know, I think Republicans, independents, and some Democrats are going to say, we can't take this anymore. We can't take another three years of Biden's agenda. Okay. Now, speaking of agenda, let's talk about the 11 point agenda that you put out. There is so much in the press. One story has it that you and Mitch McConnell are at odds with each other. In fact, Mitch McConnell grew quite angry that you put out an agenda, and he's like, hey, I'm the boss here. I'm the, I'll be the majority leader. I'll decide what's going to go on. The other has it that you said that you and uh, Mitch McConnell, who Rush Limbaugh affectionately called the turtle, work very well together. And so where does all of this stand? I Now, before you do that, let me just, one part, and, and this is the thing that a lot that Mitch talked about, Mitch McConnell talked about, and I thought this was sheer brilliance. You, in your agenda, said that every American ought to have some skin in the game. Everybody, yeah. even if it's a pittance, even if it's a little pittance, everybody ought to pay taxes. Now, Mitch McConnell and the Democrats immediately pounced on that because what they said was, why, you're going to raise taxes on half of America. Well, Senator Scott, you've just exposed something that most American people don't know, that half of America doesn't pay taxes at all. Most of the taxes in this country. Right. So speak to that, please. Sure. Well, first, here's what I did. I put out a plan because I'm a business guy. You know what? In business, what you have to do, if you want to have success, you write a business plan. You put together a, a, you know, a management team and a group of employees to follow that plan. You work your tail off, and over about 10 years, you become an overnight success. That's how it works. I built, I built companies all my life before I ran for governor and then for Senate. So that's what I did. When I ran for governor of Florida, we were in deep trouble. We had lost 800,000 jobs in four years. Home prices had dropped by 50% in four years. More people were leaving the state of Florida than moving in in 2010. I wrote a plan. I ran on a very specific plan. And so that's what I think we ought to be doing. We ought to, we, I believe we're going to get a majority. Right. And I believe we ought to have a plan what we're going to do so we know the, hit the ground running. When we, when we get done, when we win, we're going to say this is what we're going to do today, tomorrow, the next day. Now, so, but some people, you know, look, there's a difference. Some people don't want to run on a plan for whatever reason. I believe we should. So one thing they said, oh, you know, so about, you know, everybody having skin in the game. Here's what's unfair. Working Americans – they pay, they're paying income taxes and property taxes and payroll taxes, blah, blah, tax, 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 tax. Our retirees have played, paid plenty of money into the system. But here's what's unfair, right? We've got billionaires that don't pay taxes. We've got people that could work today, but they said, oh, I don't want to work. I'm going to see if I can get more of that free government money, and they don't pay into the system. That's unfair. I'm a tax cutter. I, I cut taxes a hundred times when I was governor of Florida. I'll put my record to tax cuts about up against anybody in the entire country. I fought to make sure there were no fee increases when I'm governor, no tax increases when I'm governor. I fight all that up here uh, in the Senate. But what I think is unfair is when you have when you have billionaires and you have people that could go to work, but they say no, I'm just going to vote for more free stuff for me. That's not right, and they shouldn't be. They should. They should have something in the game, even if it's a very small amount, so they know what's like to be a taxpayer. Uh, Senator, let me just say this. I think look, I love this idea, frankly, and I think it's long overdue. But I'm going to tell you something there, and I don't know whether you know this. There, and you probably do. In the base of this party, especially among conservatives. There is so much skepticism right now about Republicans. What they see, especially in the Senate, 
are people who say they're going to do something and they don't. Just like, just like we were supposed to repeal Obamacare and we kept it all year after year. Is Obamacare still here? And they looked at every other thing. They look at how, how the Senate treated President Trump and how the House treated President Trump. And they are not happy with it. So when you say we're going to hit the ground running, do you think that other members of the Senate that, that are serving now, if we do take the majority, will actually implement some of these things? Or are Republicans just going to be, including yourself maybe, disappointed once again? I'm not going to be disappointed. You know, is it, the, the, we, all are, are, we are the subject of our background. Now think about me. I grew up to a single with a single mom in public housing. How did I get ahead? I worked my butt off. It was hard. I mean, it's hard to build a company in this country. It's hard. It's hard, you know, to get an education. I mean, that's. But there's nothing wrong with that. That's okay. But I, I have been absolutely committed all my life to make things better, and I'm going to make things better. I'm going to fight every day to get something done. Um, so, but it's, it's, you know, what it's really up to. It's really up to the voters. If this is important to voters, if it's important to voters that they know exactly what they're voting on, if it's important to voters to elect people that they say, you know what, are you actually going to do what you said you're going to do? Then they, they'll elect better people and hold the people elected accountable. That's why I tell people when I run, I say, this is what I'm going to do. And you get to help me accountable, just like my shareholders did, just like my board did when I had companies, just like my employees did when I had companies. They held me accountable to do exactly what I said what I was going to do. And guess what? If you give people an idea what you're going to do, guess what? They vote for you. Shocking. I and just way, lost. Yes. It's so simple. Should we stand for the Pledge of Allegiance and salute the flag? You better believe it. Should we get rid of this racial politics? Why is government asking us our, our skin color? How did that make any sense? Should we have a secure border? Yeah. So I, I, I look at people and say, so if you don't like this, what don't you like? I love it. I love some of these things. Now, there's a lot of upset, too, and we don't have the time to do this today. I want to invite you back, and hopefully you'll find some time we can answer some of the questions sure. about sunsetting laws. I can't. We, we don't have the time to do that. But one of the things, and you just mentioned it. And I don't realize that people, I don't know whether people realize how important this would be, what a difference this would make in America if the government simply stopped asking people about race. Part of Obamacare, they made you start filling in or, or they made the health care officials start asking about race on every application. And so I came up with my own solution. I just wrote in the word human, and that's it. <laughs> Because, because I mean, ultimately, we're, yeah. all, we're supposed to be colorblind. We're supposed to say, I'm going to judge you based on how hard you work, what your character's like, not the color of your skin. My, I mean, my mom taught me everybody has a chance to live the dream. Everybody. And you, Rick, are responsible to help make that happen. Love it. Senator Rick Scott, thank you for joining us. We're going to invite you back again. We want to stay. We want to hear from you kind of regularly up until we get through these elections. This is it. These elections are important. Take care, James. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. That's Senator Rick Scott, ladies and gentlemen. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerly. We're coming back right after this. News, opinion, and information. Never miss a headline. Like 77 WABC on Facebook. 
WABC Traffic and Transit. Stop and go on Long Island this afternoon, South, Hems- uh, South Hempstead, the Southern State Parkway eastbound between Grand Avenue, Baldwin, and Bethpage State Parkway. Comac, stop and go, South the Coast Parkway southbound between the LIE and Crooked Hill Road. In Medford, an accident blocking the uh, lane at the LIE, westbound between Exit 65, Horse Block Road, and Route 112. Lake Success. The usual jamming in that area, I-95 eastbound between uh, exit 33 and exit 42, the Northern State Parkway. Checking the bridges and tunnels, GWB inbound, upper okay, lower okay, outbound heavy. On the upper, we have a disabled vehicle, two left lanes on the Jersey side, traffic being blocked there. Lincoln inbound, 5 to 10, outbound 30 to 40, 30 to 40. Holland inbound, okay, from the turnpike, 5 to 10 from Route 1 to 9, outbound 40 to 50 minute delays. I'm Bob Brown with your 77 WABC Traffic and Transit Update. Lionel Richie brings us back. WABC Talk Radio 77. Let's take a minute away from politics for a quick second to talk about Lionel. Richie. Lionel Richie is going to receive or has received the Library of Congress Award. It's the the Gershwin Prize for Popular Song. And that is an award given to singer and songwriters whose music becomes indelible. In other words, they become the icons. And George Gershwin, of course, was another indelible icon of American music himself. I mean, there are so many from George Gershwin. And so it's fitting that Lionel Richie, did you know Lionel Richie's 72? He doesn't look 72. And I'll tell you something. I saw Lionel Richie with the Commodores before their very first hit. They were performing somewhere in Alabama and probably Tuscaloosa or something like that. And my cousin took me. We were there for the summer. We kids. I had to be about 13, 14 or whatever it was. And my cousin Linda took me to see this group called the Commodores. And this was before they had their first record, their first hit record with Motown Machine Gun and all that stuff out. So we saw them, I saw them right before they broke when I was a kid. And wow, 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 they were great then. And he's had an amazing career. Our congratulations to Lionel Richie. So many hits. And such a nice guy. I did an interview with him many, many years ago. I wish I could. It's on tape somewhere. Maybe I can find it one day. I, have, I did interviews when I was with WABC as the music director with a lot of people. I have an interview with Smokey Robinson, with Johnny Mathis, and with uh, Lionel Richie and the Commodores, in which he says he's never going to leave the group because they're a group together. No, he won't be one of these artists that's going to be a solo artist and leave the group behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have that on tape somewhere. Anyway, congratulations, Lionel Richie, at the star-studded Gershwin Prize tribute honoring your amazing work and your contribution to American music. Let us see. This Disney thing. 
I want to know where you guys, where you guys and gals, where all of you, what is your thinking about this? This thing has caused a lot of upset. And a friend of mine called me today with a question, and they asked me this, and I said, hmm, this is an interesting question. I don't know whether I can pose it. They said to me, why is Disney so concerned about the sexuality of children in kindergarten to third grade? And if they're that interested in the sexuality of children in kindergarten in the third grade, maybe it's time we take a better and a closer look at their business practices. What do you mean by that? Well, I don't understand for the life of me why there's such hatred and vitriol for simply saying that we are going to do what parents and what America used to do all the time. All of these these things, these this this genderism and stuff, this was not in American schools. Critical race theory was not in American schools. Schools were meant to teach children the skills that they needed so that when they come out of school, they can become productive members of society. They would also be educated and have a fair view of and and know how to self-educate, think for themselves. That used to be part of it, at least in some schools, learning how to critically think. Now, this is almost an admission. It's an admission on the part of Disney. It's an admission on the part of this little leftist out there at the San Francisco Gate who's got himself all, his panties all bunched up and talking about how awful it is and fascist it is. It's, so now it's fascist in America to say that a young child between the ages of five and eight, if there are questions about sexuality, let the parents handle that. Let's not do that in school because that's all this law says. And then later have age-appropriate discussions. So why is there this need on the part of liberals to start this sexual, sexualizing American children before, while they're still anywhere from five to ten years away from puberty. I don't understand the thinking here at all, and I'm wondering if some of you do. Let us go to the telephones right now and see what is on the minds of the people. Sean, is that far Rockaway? Where are you, Sean? Correct, James. I'm in Far Rockaway, New York, on the border of Queens and Nassau. I love Far Rockaway. I used to go to the beach out there and just hang out once in a while. So peaceful. My father used to tell me all about the cabanas out there. I mean, it's a shame what's out there now, but um, oh, well. you know, it wouldn't be. Yeah, so what's on your mind, Sean? Uh, just as a side point, so you mentioned Lionel Richie. I mean, he crossed the ocean with his music because I was studying overseas. And I came there, and the first question these people asked me was about Lionel Richie. But uh, that's a different story for <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, he has written some of the most amazing. And you know what I discovered once, uh, since you bring it up, and we can go back to your issue. What I, one of the things that I discovered, because I, I analyze music, I analyze lyrics. One of the things that I like about Lionel Richie's music, he's not one of these guys that has over-the-top rhetoric and over-the-top fluffery. I mean, his songs are really kind of basic. I truly love you. You know, stuff like that. 
one one syllable words that just say it all, but they're delivered with such emotion and such sincerity that they can just capture your heart. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> What'd you call I about? People overseas, like you said. So, okay, but my point is, and again, you know, it's great to talk about that in Farakway, is that I want you to know today, going on your point with Rick, you know, about the, that person who wrote that editorial about people who are going to want to leave Florida. Today, I am driving a relative to the airport to JFK to look for houses in Florida and the prices in the real estate there are so astronomical, have jumped so high for people wanting to go there. I have no idea what planet this guy lives on, to be honest with you. Well, this is what I mean. He's, he's, he's thinking, and well, thank goodness he's not going to move to Florida or Texas because I don't think that with his point of view, unless he were in cities like Austin, he would get a, a warm reception. I don't understand what is wrong with having parents teach their young children sexuality. Why do these people think it's the job of a government worker? Because that's what teachers are. Why do these people think it is the job of government workers to teach your children about sex and sexuality and gender? I don't get that. Thank you for the call, Sean. James Golden, WABC Talk Radio 77. We've got more calls and we've got more news on the way. Before we get to the break... Let me just say this. We had, um, I had a conversation yesterday with a Russian sympathizer. This guy, I mean, as quiet as he was trying to make it, he was just all in favor of Russia. He was sad when they took RT TV off in the United States. He loves Russia and Putin. And I mentioned the Russians bombing that hospital, that maternity hospital, killing those people. And he pushed back on me. He says, you know, how do you know? was really bombed. How do you know that just isn't propaganda? Well, today, the evil communist Russians admitted that they bombed that hospital, and they said that the woman that came out was wearing makeup. In other words, see, it's all make-believe. We bombed it, yeah, but she put on makeup and pretended to be injured. Really? That's what you get with Vladimir Putin or Putin and his troops. WABC Talk Radio 77, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, and we're coming right back. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on 77 WABC. Love me do. WABC Talk Radio 77. This better be the original. The Beatles. You know what? It's true. W A Beatles C James Golden with the Beatles, and remember, John Cats at Night comes up. Cats at Night right after the show. Make sure you keep it here on W A B C. And also remember, I will be here for three whole hours on Saturday morning. It's our Saturday morning radio. Extravaganza starts at 7 o'clock in the morning. Have your first cup of coffee with us. I'll be on my fourth. And um, just enjoy three hours. A lot of the stories that I want to get through to during the week that I just don't have time for, I hold on to them so we could have fun on Saturdays and stretch it out a little bit. Uh, And there are so many. Now, I just saw a notification pass by that the judge has dismissed the uh, calls for a new trial in the Jussie Schmollett uh, he's being sentenced today, 
And I'll tell you what, it is a testimony to American justice. I watched part of the sentencing, and the lawyers for the for Schmollett were making the case that he should have a new trial. And this lawyer was really good and kept bringing up. I was like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Mm, maybe he does deserve a new trial. Then the prosecution had their shot. And within five minutes, it's, oh, everything I just heard was BS. So it's, But it's just amazing how, how amazing these lawyers are. And let's see, today, by the end of the day, we, Jesse Schmollett should know whether he's going to be uh, going to jail or not. Most of the experts say no. He's a first-time offender, and these are, this is a relatively minor thing. Yeah, sure it is. Uh, luxury vehicles worth nearly $1 million were stolen out of a Chicago dealership. 14 vehicles. So now these gangs are not only doing smash and grabs, they're hitting the car dealers. And these were luxury cars like, like Audis, Audis, Porsches, Mercedes, the like. A 12-year-old has been arrested in Syracuse, up in New York. 12-year-old armed robbery. The wife of Syracuse University basketball coach Jim Boheme, her name is Julie, she was held up at gunpoint. They got the perp. He's 12 years old. Anybody surprised? Down in Silver Springs, Maryland. This is one of the elite sections in Maryland. I spent a lot of time in this area. Um, in Silver Springs, a 33-year-old intensive care doctor, a man who, man who spent his life doing good, helping others. He was killed chasing carjackers who stole his Mercedes while he was giving his girlfriend a hug. They were, and it's just amazing. Again, these thugs. And who would be surprised if they're out of jail and already want wanted on other charges. Nobody, because this is what Democrats have done to America. Millions of students are going to starve because yesterday in the $1.5 trillion more welfare, they have more welfare for everybody bill that was passed, this omnibus spending bill in the House. Uh, Lawmakers dropped an extension of waivers for free universal food lunches. I bet you didn't even know that was going on. Started during the pandemic. So now, when students go away for summer break, they're not going to have the government delivering their food, and they're not going to get money, welfare money, for their lunches and all that stuff. So the Washington Times has a story, millions of students could lose free school lunches if Congress fails to act. And those Republicans are pushing to roll back access to expanded pandemic... Well, we're being told that the pandemic is almost over. Why are you going to keep spending this money on it? Okay, and by the way, if your kids starve, do the parents have anything to do anymore? They're not supposed to teach their kids about sex, gender. They're not supposed to provide lunches. The government's supposed to do everything. The government is the parent, apparently. Let us go to New Jersey. Leonardo, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77. You're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Bolsonaro. What's up? Hi, bro. Uh, great show today. I wanted to say that, um, you know, in keeping with Russia's uh, uh, mandates, uh, reject the premise and go on the offense. I think it's time for Governor Ron DeSantis to send investigators and regulators into Disney World and to measure the amount of trauma that the little children. Do you know who Sam Brinton is? He's a, in charge of our energy now, one of the people that is a Disney aficionado. I don't know. 
if you know, he was appointed in the uh, Department of Energy. I, I think a lot of those rides are doing a lot of damage to very young children's minds, and uh, that's hmm. the uh, whole. Hmm. This is interesting. So you're saying, DeSantis, we need to invest in the, we need to send some investigators out to the rodent kingdom and see what's going on at that rodent kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. always promoting uh, animal uh, behavior and uh, dehumanizing human behavior. Mm. The, uh, Very serious charges there. Very serious allegations, Leonardo. I think we're going to relay that to the governor. Ralph, New Jersey, thanks for the call. Ralph, New Jersey. No, New York. Hi, Ralph. Welcome, WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. Good afternoon, Mr. Golden. I just wonder about this bill in Florida. When I went to school years ago, you said the Pledge of Allegiance. The sex education was covered in your biology science class, just as you were getting into junior high school. First time you saw a picture of a penis and a vagina. Yeah. Hey, by the way, those words aren't bad words. You don't have to. You don't have to take those out. Those are normal words. We can use them. We're yeah, adults. Why are they indoctrinating these young children? Why is this? small minority of activists pushing their agenda on the majority of the public. What is going on in this country, Mr. Golden? Ralph, that is a good question. I call it the tyranny of the minority. And so you have a minority population that now decides they're in charge and they're going to be the loudest and get the most attention. And you have a company like Disney caving in and saying, okay, and by the way, Pixar, their employees went on a rampage. And their employees actually revealed a few things. Uh, They said, you know, anytime we put a lot of overtly same-sex stuff in there, Disney says take it out. And they're pissed about that, among other things. I'm going to find that article, too, because I was like, hmm, what's going on at Pixar? And what they're admitting is that they are honestly trying and making an effort to put this stuff. Pixar is animation for kids, mostly. I mean, adults like that stuff, too. What is this stuff? What what are they trying to do is right. I think many of us know exactly what they're trying to do. And the fact that Ron DeSantis is stopping it in Florida, the fact that they're acting on it in Texas has liberals in a tizzy. Jack Yonkers, WABC, you're on with James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley. I'm going to answer your question on sexuality with a question. Another question. Uh, what's going to happen some years from now when the NIH, the CDC, finds a cure to the gay gene and then they say there's a vaccine available for parents to give to their kids to prevent gayness? What's going to happen at that point? Are they going well, to reject the science? First of all, gayness is not a disease. And so when you say it, it's not going to be treated like a disease, however, if a gene is discovered, and we have all this genetic manipulation that is available in science, it will be a very interesting question to see how liberals react. We have less than a minute. Tricia, I wanted to get you in. Last word. Make it really quick. James, with all the war and and bad news and insanity, we need some um, fun. And you mentioned Lionel Richie. He and Katy Perry and Luke Perry do a fantastic job with a American Idol, and they it's such uplifting, and they love to help those that are talented that come from West Virginia, you know, and unemployed situations, and it's just really an uplifting show. Well, thank you, Trisha. Appreciate that. We leave on a happy note. 
American Idol, Lionel Richie, and congratulations to Lionel Richie again for the Gershwin Award. And we will be back tomorrow. Remember, John Katz is up next, Katz at night. We are coming back tomorrow. We will finish our discussion. Well, we're not going to ever finish the discussion, but there's more to say. There's more to say about what's going on with COVID. There's an article today, now it is less deadly than the flu, according to scientists. Now, that's in the Daily Mail. That's not James. That's a newspaper article. That and more tomorrow. We will rejoin tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Please be here. In the meantime, Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New Jersey, New York. We are all New York. We are the greatest city in the world. And, of course, the United States of America, a nation like no other, a nation that we are so proud to be citizens of. May God protect and bless each and every one of you and your families and look with special favor on those suffering in Ukraine. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. We'll see you tomorrow. Back at four. Bye.